Welcome to The Dangling Conversation. In this episode, I sit down with my friend, John St. John. John and I have known each other for about five years, and he's become like an older brother to me because John has such a heart for God and is always trying to find new ways to bring the gospel to different types of people. In this episode, we discuss who would win in a fight, Jar Jar Binks or John Wilkes Booth, John's beginning as a worship leader, pornography and the effects it may have on the future of the church, mentorship and then transitioning relationships, and how John became involved in a charismatic Catholic worship group. Finally, for We Bid You Review, we go over Guardians of the Galaxy 2, as well as our favorite Marvel movies in general. Also, stick around at the end, because John's got a special announcement. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of The Dangling Conversation. So, yeah. Welcome to The Dangling Conversation. Here I am with my good friend, John St. John. John, how you doing? I am doing fantastic. So to start things off, I kind of have a random question for you before we Ooh, get really serious. Random. Um, who would win in a fight, Jar Jar Binks or John Wilkes Booth? Oh my word! Um. <laughs> now this is this is this is post shooting Lincoln, pre breaking ankle John Wilkes Booth. Oh. Okay. Okay, that's very specific. Prime John Wilkes um, Booth. Is Jar Jar armed? Uh no. Okay, then definitely John Wilkes Booth. Really? Yeah, Jar Jar is just too clumsy if he had a weapon i feel like that would help him um but he's not so he's just clumsy and john wilkes definitely knew what he was doing because he, he was like two feet away from lincoln though but he found a way to get two feet away from lincoln so he obviously knew how to do what he wanted to do and as bad as it is but i i don't have that much co- <laughs> i just don't have that much confidence in jar 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 was comedic humor for me See, I think Jar Jar would win because you know he's like seven feet, right? Like he's really tall, and if you look at him, like he's amphibious, so he's pretty like he's pretty wiry. You could argue that he could regenerate. You know, I don't think bullets are gonna stop Jar Jar. I feel like he could choke John Wilkes Booth. You know, that's a fair argument. I, I do like, <laughs> I like that. I like that. I won't go against that. I feel uh, like his ears would get in the way. I feel like he would go to, like, take out John Wilkes Booth, and then, like, his own ears would, like, blind him, and then he would just, I don't know. I just picture him as a very clumsy guy that's just, like, ah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's yeah. not going to get an assassination attempt. No, that's just, <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> what I'm thinking. Well, um, what if Jar Jar was a Sith Lord? Oh, 100% Jar Jar. Okay, cool. Yeah. Just, just setting the precedence there. I would, I, like... I, I came up with this question whenever I was I was babysitting David and Gracie, and I was kind of asking David about Star Wars and stuff, and I was like, you know, like, who would win in a fight, Obi-Wan or Grievous, or he's like, hello there, you know, like, <laughs> like we're just kind of joking around, and, like, David doesn't know, David doesn't see Star Wars, and for some reason, I was, like, with his uncle, I was like, who, who would win, Jar Jar or John Wilkes Booth? <laughs> and I wrote it down, because I thought it was funny. And you're like, I'll ask John that question. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe I edit this wow, whole thing out. That's wild. Maybe it's not as funny as I think. Nah, <laughs> guess we'll find out later. <laughs> <laughs> that's oof. Okay. So, going going into it, um, John, you've been a church kid all of your life. But yeah, yeah, I have. <laughs> what would you say has like, been your spiritual journey? Because, like, you know, being in leadership at your church and stuff, it's pretty easy to look from the outside and assume, like, oh yeah like you've had you i'm sure you've had hardship but like yeah. people kind of assume that it's been all easy yeah what would you say have like been the ups and downs of your walk oh man yeah well to start with that yeah i've been at the same church uh north star church in loveland i've been there since i was uh i think six um was when we came there from the big vineyard um now vineyard cincinnati um i think that's what it is i don't know <laughs> um but yeah i've been there for over 16 years now wow and uh yeah i just kind of grew up all throughout my life there um when i was younger i grew up a sheltered homeschooler so for me it was ah an opportunity to see people um (laughs) and uh dude those animal crackers just tasted so much better at the church i don't know what it was um but just dude facts um that's so specific yeah dude i love me some animal crackers the iced ones those are the best oh Um, no 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 okay i'll pray for you um but anyway (laughs) um yeah so really through fourth grade it was really just like you know i think just sunday school wasn't anything in particular to me um when i was in fifth grade 
um, or the beginning of fifth grade, this will also tell you how sheltered I was. Um, I met Brian Rogers, who I Lovely now... Lovely man. I, yeah, what Lovely a guy. Man. Shout out to Brian. Shout um, out to Brian. Who I now work with, but this is crazy. My first experience with him, I remember I went in on a Sunday morning, and he's like, welcome all you new fifth graders. So happy you're here. Um, can't wait to have all you guys get to know me and everyone else here and oh by the way if your parents haven't told you santa claus is not real and (laughs) i kid you not i don't know how i got to age 10 without figuring this out um but that was the first time i legitimately heard that and i cried that day did you Uh, wow this is a true story um yeah so that is uh that is the thing that happened uh and uh from there there was donuts every Sunday, so I was good. Um, but yeah, uh, seventh grade um, was when I uh, went to a conference called Cloud Nine. Shout out to those of you that might be listening to this and remember that um, up in Michigan. And I did not know until the weekend of, uh, but Brian was the speaker for that weekend. And um, I was one of very few junior hires that were on, their, on that trip. It was mainly high schoolers. Um, so that weekend as a whole was, I think, a very more intentional raw view of Christianity and Jesus and just Bible stories in general that I hadn't fully gotten to that point. Um, so that weekend I remember vividly like it's starting and then, um, actually take that back, being in eighth grade year, not seventh grade, eighth grade. Um, and then that next summer at SOS, um, if you remember that... (laughs) at the vineyard i, I do i yeah, do remember SOS. SOS. yeah what a place um that was where i made the actual decision um that i wanted to uh take my faith seriously hmm. and um and then yeah and then got baptized later that summer um and yeah kind of there we there we went um and then from there um is when things got interesting and by interesting i mean like you said those ups and downs like Mm -hmm. being a church kid is not always that easy um really from no i did get baptized at the beginning of my eighth grade year yeah i remember because at the end of my eighth grade year and then all through freshman year um i somewhere along the line uh got introduced to it and then struggled with um it was it was legitimately an addiction um, mm-hmm. at one point, but struggled with pornography, um, and uh, which I can very openly share and talk about that because that's something that I'm um, just that as a topic, uh, sex trafficking um, and all that. I'm just very passionately against that and um, spoken out for that. Um, so I can very confidently talk about my past and the struggles I've had with pornography and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, had depression all sorts of just kind of the downward spiral um had an awkward love triangle in the midst of that year yeah it was it's bad Uh, which which fueled the depression yeah Yeah. which is dude it was a it was a mountain spin and i had grown up i played basketball and baseball since i was second grade and i'd always been one of the best three players on the team and Mm -hmm. that year i just sucked like (laughs) everything tanked and it was so it was just one thing after the other um so that was really hard for me um, I remember there were weeks that I would be so consumed by just the failure of self in mm. school. Also, I'd been a, a really good, even though I was homeschooled, I went to a co-op growing up, um, and I'd been a straight A student all until that point, And then I was, school was off too. Uh, so like I would beat myself up and then it made it worse because youth group was on Sunday nights and then my co-op was the next morning and I would find myself in scenarios where I couldn't go to youth group because I had to finish up school because mm. um, I just had such a rough week that I had fallen behind there. So anyway, just kind of a crazy spiral. All that turned into um, the summer after my freshman year. Somehow, some way, still don't really know how this happened. Totally a godsend. Uh, found myself in Monterey, Mexico hmm. on a mission trip of back-to-back. And um, it was there that there was one night we were having a worship night just I broke and I opened up to uh, one of the adults uh, adult leaders that were on the trip and uh, just kind of shared my heart and uh, kind of where I was at and that was the first moment where I remember healthy vulnerability um, mm. within the church 
Not that it wasn't open to me before that, um, but I think that was the first time I truly recognized the power of it. Mm. Um, and what does it mean to dwell in a healthy um, community where you can be open and vulnerable in a safe place to talk about the struggles you're going through? Um, so yeah, then the the next year, I uh, started being mentored uh, by um, a mentor of mine at the time named Ryan. Um, cool guy and uh then that following spring through a crazy happenstance of how i eventually then would be called youth worship started singing on with the band we can come back to that in a second because that's wild mm-hmm. um and then yeah um kind of from there it was a slow growth for me through high school where it was kind of just actually learning to follow jesus not just knowing who he was mm. that makes sense um and being known by him and just a growing relationship. And I would say really, when I graduated high school in 2017, I was a fifth year senior, shout out to all those of you that have done that. Um, honestly, one of the coolest things I've ever done, honestly. <laughs> my fifth senior year was basically just play sports, work full time and not pay any rent. Get it was wonderful. Bag. Yeah, it was just great. Um, 10 out of 10 recommend that um, if you're in that situation with the option to do that. Um, ask your parents first, obviously, but, uh, <laughs> it was great. Um, but that was after I graduated high school, I think it was when it really took off. Um, but yeah. And then stayed around as a youth leader and then eventually came on staff at North Star at the beginning of 2019 where I've been the youth worship leader ever since. Mm. Um, and it's been a blessing. It's been awesome. We just opened up our new youth space. It is so cool. Really? So cool. I'm not gonna lie. It's amazing. But yeah, should I... Tell the story of how I got started in worship leading. This is wild. I think you have you have I, I told you this? I, I don't know, but it the seems bathroom, like you want to share it. The bathroom? Oh, that feels like it can go a lot I, of places. It's, I, it's, other yeah, than the bathroom. I, yeah, I was uh, hey, oh. <laughs> probably shouldn't do that, but okay. Uh yeah. So <laughs> man, this is a true story, I promise. So I went this was one night, it was one Sunday night. Um I was just I went out to go to the bathroom and I was was in the bathroom peeing and my friend literally walks in literally walks in the bathroom how many times can you say the bathroom I don't know the bathroom anyways the bathroom (laughs) uh I was going to the bathroom (laughs) and uh I guess I was just humming or something I don't know if I I wasn't singing I was just humming and my friend comes in and goes you sing and I go I'm sorry what that's so aggressive yeah I was just you sing question mark exclamation point was and he making eye contact or was he looking away? I mean, I heard that door like, open, so there was eye contact after that. That's like urinal etiquette, though. Like, you look away. I mean, dude. Not this were, guy. It's high school dudes, <laughs> man. What are you? The boys will uh, be boys. The boys will be boys. Dudes yes, being same. dudes. Um, yeah. And he was like, he's like, you sing? And I was like, huh? And he's like, you want to sing? And I was like, no. And he's like, well, you're singing next week. And then just leaves. What? He literally walks in, says those two, three things, and then just takes off like what a I, psychopath and i was just like um all right okay like, okay and uh a week later i was singing um it was really awkward um and then that was spring of my sophomore year and then the following year in january he actually came to me and he was like hey man i'm gonna move away i'm my family's moving away in may and uh i i really would love if you would take up guitar and kind of lead worship here because mm. it just kind of just been a couple of students who got together to play music at that point and uh so i took on that challenge kind of being like oh okay mm-hmm. uh, and um yeah for the first two years really two three years after that it was honestly it was just something i kind of did as a hobby it wasn't anything i had intentionality in mm-hmm. and then um near the end of 2017 is when it really became so i graduated in spring of 2017 and within the months following it was really like oh man i i think i actually want to do this for the rest of my life Hmm. um which ministry is not the most high paying thing in the world so it's not one of those things i was going into like i'm making this great financial decision um (laughs) no but i just really had a burning passion for it and um and then it ended up being, uh, starting in March of 2018, I had a paid internship at my church because we were also growing in size at the time. Uh, mm-hmm. That wasn't a position that existed 
Um, so yeah, I was just kind of from student to young adult leader to intern to on staff. So it was wow. kind of, it all kind of happened. Like I look back on it now and it seems like it was so quick, but there were moments where I remember, um, actually it was fall of 2018 where there was a part where it was in between an internship and when I actually got offered the job that like I kind of relapsed into a very de- depressive state for about a month, month and a half. Not a, not a lot of people actually know about that season hmm. of my life. Um, but there was a very month and month and a half where, um, had a handful of friendships that year, um, that it kind of dissipated some of them close. Um, some of them that was uh, partially my fault in that process. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I've since made up with those people. Um, so it's been really cool how God's redeemed that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that, through that season, I think was when the Lord really, there was some pruning that was happening that I didn't realize. Like in the moment I was like, God, what the, what the heck's happening? But it all worked out for good. And then really since I kind of hit the ground running, I went to a conference called One Thing in Kansas City over New Year heading into 2019 and then came home, was on staff and it's just been a constant growth process um, since then. So yeah, that's kind of my story with (laughs) worship leading slash my faith journey and obviously there's every day is a constant pick up your cross and follow him sort of thing so there's there's days where it's a blast and there's days where it's and it's a struggle but he's with us through it all so it's it's a blessing yeah i love it so kind of touching on like when you talked about um struggling with porn as well as like discipleship how how do you think like the access to internet pornography has affected the church? Because yeah. it's something where like the generation before us, it wasn't something that could get talked about a ton. Yeah. And it all but also it was the least it was the least accessible then. It's the most accessible now and we're talking about it, but I I don't know. Like what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, dude, that's a great question. Um man. What it how did you phrase it? It was a, a what are the effects on like specific like, like how do you see how do you or? like yeah how do you see that like changing not just like this the 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 church as a body but like the individuals within the church because like a lot more we've been seeing like pastors struggling with it so on and so yeah. forth. does that make sense yeah 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 i think i think and this kind of ties in with discipleship as i think it just highlights accountability mm. um i think that's one of the things that um you know, when we talk about, especially, and this is something that I'm just still learning when talking about discipleship with students and whatnot, and even with older men to me and, and just in a, fr- like with friends and discipling each other, um, the accountability and making yourself a safe person slash creating safe environments for people to be vulnerable in a healthy context, um, pursuing growth. Mm. not just in their relationship with Christ, but even when it comes to a mental health, like you want to have a safe atmosphere where somebody feels like they can grow, Mm. um, uh, moving, you know, moving forward in that. So I think one that be creating a safe place to be vulnerable and be open about those things. Um, and two, it's just, I think it's accountability of like realizing that this is a real thing that, um, unfortunately a lot of people struggle with um, not just guys not just guys yeah yeah and that's one thing that like i think i had this myth in my head when i was younger mm-hmm. um that like oh this is just a guy thing yeah that is complete bs and if you're out there thinking that this is just just guys or maybe you thought it was just girls or maybe you've been t- like this is a culture thing like this is something that i think we have struggled with now i don't want to put into light and make it sound like you know everybody's struggling with this that's not the case like we all have our own achilles heel in some way whether it's pride or you know if it is lust anger yeah Yeah, there's i think everybody has something to some degree or has walked through that but yeah i think accountability um and just a safe place to have those conversations Mm -hmm. because and I, this was a luxury that I had being homeschooled um, that I think in the later high school years helped me um, okay. walk through that, that some students and just friends I know that by going through public school, you're exposed to some stuff 
day in day way out way younger yeah that as someone who was homeschooled like i found it out kind of by accident yeah um and it was something that was not necessarily spurred on by friends but had it not had i not figured it out i i feel like i may not have like there was never a friend who introduced me to something yeah. like that yeah, because yeah. i had you know i was through the church i didn't have you know friends that did that like it was completely on myself mm-hmm. um you know which also led to that you know the depression and those sort of things right. where, like just was a downward cycle um so yeah i think it's one is creating a safe place safe environment a place that feels like home and family um for that accountability to happen because people will not open up to somebody they don't trust mm. so if you create an environment that is a trustworthy environment in you know a a space that feels like home um and has growth like it's yeah. not just a fake home feel but an authentic yeah um I think ultimately that family atmosphere is what's going to curb that, especially in the church. Mm. Um, and this is a whole different conversation, but I think even just like for those that are struggling with it, like like just being able to repent about it. Mm. And I know that repentance is sometimes a word that's taken a little strongly and kind of, kind of have a this like, oh, repent, turn or burn. Like mm. I... I used to think that, so I totally get that when people hear that word, but I see repentance as a, um, as just kind of a humble, like, God, I'm sorry. Like, I realize I can't do this on my own. And, um, and that sometimes I, I think I know what's best and that there's something that's better than you and what you have for me. And, um, as one who's gone the opposite (laughs) way from the Lord at times, uh, I know it's just not like, it's just not as good as him. And, um, so that's been, yeah, that was kind of a longer answer, but yeah. that's my my take on that. I think what you said about um, creating like that family feel hits so home because like for me, at least with my struggle with porn, um, when I was about 12, 13, that was, that was like a rough year for me mm-hmm. overall, like oh man middle school (laughs) dude um middle middle school school, middle school was not good for me but um that that particular year i felt as if i was the only person in the world that like ever did anything Mm. like that yeah i I felt so alone i felt so alone i didn't have any mentors i went to vineyard vineyard was not a good church for me um Mm. and but um i really didn't have any mentors i didn't have any people approaching me um talking about this and by the time they did it was like way too late it was like Mm. junior year and i'm just like look like even though i wasn't necessarily struggling with it at that point i was like i needed this four years ago and the thing that really changed for me was whenever i actually told my dad about it because whenever i've talked to guys and about what's going on or whatever one of the biggest things at least for me has been like tell your tell your earthly father yeah because if you can't tell your earthly father how can you go to your heavenly father and Mm. so much i don't know like that just makes sense to me yeah um and that that signified a definite a definite shift in my relationship with my dad because suddenly because i was open with him like i cried yeah i cried and i remember it so vividly i was in i was i was <laughs> we were in the parking lot of the bank right across <laughs> like the u.s bank in the you know bank? Oh, yeah no man. yeah my dad i was like hey can i talk to you and my dad like parks whatever and i, I was crying in his truck and i had this thought i'm like 12 13 like i hope these people don't think we're trying to rob the bank because we were just like <laughs> staying in the car idling they just see this kid like shaking oh my word. like you know awesome. um but like that really that really signified a shift in my relationship with my dad because mm. that changed that changed quite literally everything yeah there's not one thing about me that i would say my dad doesn't know um regardless if that meant like it took two three even in a case like 15 years for me to tell him yeah um but like that really taught what, what you what you said about family like i have that with my family yeah um, that's awesome and i don't know that really changed things but it's yeah. so hard in the church dynamic i think to be able to talk about it because something that we get caught up in so much is the repent and then you're good the repent mm-hmm. and you're good and one thing i think that gets pushed a little less is the actual 
having a mentor in that situation. Yeah. That was probably the biggest thing that changed for me is yeah. from being accountable to guys that were also struggling to being accountable to people who had been past it. Yeah. Because if you're just like texting or calling your friend, hey, I messed up. And he's like, oh, me too. That's whack. And yeah. then you go on with your day. It doesn't feel like any form of conviction. They're not able to challenge you. Like, yeah. has that, would you say like that kind of discipleship has, has it been weird being like, oh, now I'm on like, the mentor aspect instead of the student receiving the discipleship. Yeah. You know? Well, I was, and I was, it's funny that you bring up, you mentioned the earthly father and I was literally, I forgot to say this, but even just like, I think there's so much power in just um, like, just breakthrough that can happen when telling a father figure, like even mm-hmm. whether it's your own dad or for those that um, have been less fortunate to have a good father figure, like, you know, earthly father, to a some spiritual father um whether through church or something to 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 share that with a mentor a father figure um i just think there's a father-son relationship that's just so beautiful Mm -hmm. um and uh wild at heart by john eldridge is a really good book that kind of dives into some of the some of those details um with that concept yeah i think um how did you phrase that question again? I just want to make sure. What's I'm... it like being on the mentor side? Yeah, of the yeah, discipleship? yeah, yeah. Thanks. Um, it feels really weird. I'm not yeah. going to lie. There are times where I literally, I'm like, do I have the right words to say mm-hmm. to a student? Or do I have, um, you know, it's been really weird. And it's I, it's been really humbling. Like I've been truly honored to be in this position. Um, I've been humbled by it. But the contrast of, leading students being someone that people come to yet also i'm the youngest staff member at our church mm-hmm. and that difference of where i go into staff meetings where you know i'm not seen as the young guy and i've had people tell that and affirm that to me you're, which you're I the spokesperson that. for yeah. the young kids yeah <laughs> hey hey oh me here yeah um but i think there's an understanding and a humility i've had to walk in of like i am the young guy and mm-hmm. i'm here to learn and be mentored and be taught by people older than me. And then also like, this is the beauty of discipleship, like disciples who make disciples who make disciples mm-hmm. is you are discipled and then turn around and disciple the younger generation. Right. Right. Um, you know, and there's been beautiful moments where like, you know, I've had parents come to me and it's like, Hey, can you have this conversation with our kid? Not because, we have a bad relationship with them just because it means someone come from somebody else. Yeah. yeah like yeah. almost like the older brother mentality and which is, you know, depending on the age gap can depend on whether, you know, like for the two of us, like we, yeah. we met, I think like five years ago, was it somewhere around about there? That? About that. Yeah. And at first it was that like, you know, I was like, your, I'm, I, I'm, a, I'm a skinny freshman. You're a skinny freshman, and I'm like older upperclassmen <laughs> with like, a bowl cut. Got to paint the, that picture. <laughs> yeah, well, we don't want to think about that. Um, <laughs> Those days are behind uh, us. R.I.P. Um, yeah. Um, and then once, and then I came back to help coach um, yeah. after I graduated. Yeah. Um, but then, for I would say it was it was kind of it was coaching uh relationship but it, it was kind of I had more of an older brother relationship with you as opposed yeah. to other guys but when you graduated a year ago from the spring it pretty much transitioned it, it into transitioned like, yeah a lot quicker than some other relationships have and I thought it was really cool just to see how like I mean you're like a younger brother and yeah. it's like friendship now but like to see how it's come so right. far yeah and that's my prayer honestly with like students that i have now that i disciple is that one day like to move into that and then also to to see them then start discipling other students as well and you know it's one of those things where it's beautiful that like now having been graduated three and a half years at this point you really get to see the effect yeah i'm starting to see i'm starting to see growth and fruit that i didn't get to see right away at first Mm -hmm. and uh it's just creating more testimony that I yeah. can one just speak to myself, but then also see in other people, um, and learn with that as well. Yeah. So that's funny that you brought up like the coaching thing. It's not like whenever you were coaching, we had a special relationship or anything. Yeah. But there was, well, no, 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 I take that back. We had a, we had a, we had a close relationship, yeah. but it wasn't like shout I out got to the Chipotle that we went to. Yeah. <laughs> All I'm saying is I didn't have a special uh, treatment from you because you didn't give me any extra minutes. Um, but look, man. <laughs> um, but there were there were like there were quite a few times where like 
I had to recognize like, okay, like this is somebody I consider myself friends with that I like see as a mentor, as an older brother, as a genuine friend. Mm. But there were quite a few times during that season where I had to recognize just because I have this relationship, I can't necessarily be like joking around right now because yeah. you are a coach. And I think you recognize that because yeah. there was quite a few times where like you would say something and I would give you a look like I'm about to say something back. And I was like, okay, coach. <laughs> and then there was a couple of like, like I, like you'd call me out on something and I wouldn't say anything, and I like pulled you aside afterwards. I'm like, okay, like here's what happened, but I'm not trying to backtalk in front of everybody. Yeah. And it's like recognizing just like the shift in relationship, and I think that's that's something that's really interesting because I had uh, my friend Justin, my guitar teacher, was like, oh yeah, like you're graduated, you're a man now. Like no longer are we like mentor and mentee. It's like like I want to continue to walk with you as mm. a man. That's cool. And like having that like upon graduation was just like so affirming honestly because i think sometimes we get so we get told to kind of downplay our age yeah oh i'm just 18 i'm just it's like dude if you preach to that statement if if i would have been told like you are 18 act like a man i would have been like oh (laughs) and if i but like if if like that's something i kind of want to give my kids is like you can act older than your age. You could be 14, but you could yeah. emotionally and spiritually be like 16, 17, oh, yeah. whatever. And my friend Tyler really pointed that out to me because he has like friends my age that are getting married. And I'm like, whoa, that's crazy. He's like, it's really not because they're at an emotional and spiritual place as well as financial place yeah. that they can do that. Um, and I kind of got into this mentality of like, whoa, what if I started not just necessarily acting my age but realizing i can act older than that and that's okay yeah you know yeah and that it's funny you say that because there's so many i can literally think of people in my head (laughs) that i'm like that you know i won't speak to the older generation just because of being younger but like there's people that i know that are maybe a year or two younger than me that i see maturity of like someone who's you know maybe 30 or 40 yeah but yet they've because they've they pressed into that that growth and yeah. that that learnedness um that not everybody like not everybody i think everybody gets there at some point it's a matter of how quickly you grasp onto it especially coming out of high school like you mentioned the age yeah. of 18 and whatnot um yeah so i know like one of the things that you've been super involved in but is also extremely out of your lane has been a charismatic catholic worship group in like columbus right yeah that feels like seven seven contradictory statements like all at once that is that is a statement in itself yeah i didn't like before we had this conversation about like whatever you've been doing i didn't know charismatic catholics were a thing i still don't know if it's a thing either (laughs) Uh, okay yeah The the pope like excommunicates them dude i don't it's Dude, that's wild, and that's a whole with even just I know that since with the newer Pope over the last few years of how just kind of the different ways that the Catholic Church has responded to that. But yeah, um, so I for around almost a year now, um, this is not something that like I think a lot of people know about. But I talked to you; I'm comfortable with sharing this. Of like mm-hmm. I help with a uh, ministry on a Columbus called Vertical Encounter in. A lot of the people that go to these nights uh, are coming from the the Catholic Church, mm-hmm. which um, I just kind of want to break down that stereotype that like I think we as a Christian culture, um, and I did this at first too, so I'm, <laughs> I'm totally guilty of this, but like we break it down, and I think the church in general, we almost look at the Catholic Church as like not christendom sometimes i don't know like i just i know that there's people out there that have seen it like that i did originally um and it's just not you know yeah there's some there's some differences with different denominations and whatnot like i'm not going to deny that but like it's still kingdom and Mm. and getting to one just lead in an environment with people from that now obviously there's you know we come together on those nights it's you know, what are the things through different denominations that you can, that are sim- like, at the end of the day, Jesus is still king. Jesus died and rose again. Like, there's, like, we can focus on Jesus. Mm. Like, we can focus on. That's what we agree on. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's what we agree on. We can focus on Jesus and exalting his name. 
And when you come together with that unified mindset, that's where I think you start to see real freedom and breakthrough um, happen in the church. And um, obviously, like this is new ground, and like yeah. you know, there's it's it's really weird to think about. You know, I'll just like there's been conversations that I've had where it's like you see, you know, the Holy Spirit start to move in the room and you're seeing people get like just gripped and even like have seen people slain in the spirit, like Mm -hmm. which is, you know, basically for those of you don't know what that means, like overcome by the presence of the Lord on the ground, like just like seeing his glory and it's still crazy. I've had it happen to me and it's still strange to think about, like hard to explain, um, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's cool when it happens. Um, and yet, like, also having conversations where, like, people are telling me, like, basically, like, that they prayed to the saints, not necessarily God, but, like, they prayed to the saints and saw breakthrough. And I'm in my head, I'm like, what? <laughs> like, uh, yeah. is that, like, are you sure? Like, and, you know, it's one of those things where I think a, a year, I would say a year and a half ago, as recent as then, like, um, I would look at certain denominations in the church i would look at something like the catholic church i would look at something that from the outside looking in you hear about it and you're like i don't really think that's a good idea i think that's crazy actually when the guy who uh, who leads it with me approached me about this he came up to me out of nowhere and he was like hey i'm from columbus uh i feel like you're supposed to help me start this young adult ministry of like prophetic catholics or whatnot it was so like i kid you not so, so random and so on the blue i was like in the back of my mind i'm like all right let's see how far this heresy goes <laughs> i i feel i'm very like i have a good relationship with the guy uh so he I can said say heresy yeah but it was one of those things where like as he began to explain to me the vision behind it and just like unity in the church i was like if this is not if this is not bad, this could be the start of something catalytic. Like this mm. is, I think if God's there, if God's there, yeah. this is something that like, and I, I'll be honest, like he approached me in May of 2019. And in the first event I led was in November. So like, this was not an overnight decision. I prayed about this a lot of, if this is something I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, in unison with the other, you know, ministries, um, even just locally, um, you know, with, within the church, um, that don't have to do with you know, the Catholic, ch- Catholic church, but even just in general, like I, I don't, you know, if I'm going to partner with the ministry, if I'm going to help lead for one, I don't just kind of do that. Like just, you know, on the spot, that's yeah. something that I don't take lightly. And I do like to put thought and yeah. just, um, and just prayer, um, into that. But yeah, man, it's been really cool. I've, I've felt the presence of the Lord there. Like the Lord is moving. Mm-hmm. There's times where stuff happens and I have to speak up and be like, okay, like, yeah, I think we've crossed the line that we can't do. Um, or seen something where like, you know, you have to kind of just, you you have to walk. A, it's a tough tightrope sometimes because yeah. you are one, it's a new wave of the Catholic church. That's not super common, but yet it's also something that you're kind of like, sometimes learning on the fly and i'll be the first to admit and just can humbly say that like there are times i've not gotten it right um Mm -hmm. when it comes to leadership and that's not even just there but even just like in general in general like i've i've been slapped in the face more times than not um but i'm totally okay with that and like learning learning the hard way is something that at first i was kind of like i would push back with that and be like ah man this is I think it's genuinely when we, I like to get the picture of like a wine press of like, especially in, as a young leader, the more you're in the wine press, when wine is being pressed, when the grapes are being pressed, the more it's being pressed, the longer it's in. I've been told it's like the, the more rich and the sweeter it gets. Mm. And spiritually, the longer we're in the wine press, the more that the Lord can work on us. For and sure. So many of us are like, oh, I just want to get past this. Like, I get it. I'm being pressed, but like yeah. I get the idea and we want to move past it. Yeah. But if you just press it really quick, yeah, it's still a drink, but it may not be as sweet as it could have been had mm. it stayed in longer. And, you know, there's more to that spiritual analogy in another yeah. conversation, but like yeah, it's <laughs> dude, being a young leader is hard, yeah. but at the same time it is 
I wouldn't trade it for the world. Yeah. I think I kind of what you said about the wine press goes goes with how God talks about us being lukewarm. Yeah. And he'd he'd rather oh, yeah, he'd rather good. us be hot or cold than just be lukewarm. Yeah. Because I think I literally read some about this morning. <laughs> oh, that's so good. It's like with that, I just it, it whenever people don't go through hardship, Nate and I were talking about this. When people don't go through hardship, the hardest thing that they've ever experienced feels like the hardest thing that they've ever experienced. Yeah. But it might not be that hard. And I know something that was really influential for um, our buddy, Nate Moore, um, was going to India yeah. for him. And he's like, this taught me quite literally, like, all of my problems don't matter. Mm. Because there's people, like, he served a, um, a leprosy community. Um, he, he saw all sorts of stuff in, like, the month and a half he was over there. Yeah. And... Whenever you haven't been pressed, whenever you haven't really been through trials, there aren't, I don't want to say there's not necessarily legitimacy to your faith. That is not at all what I'm saying. What yeah. I'm saying is that like the pressing will come yeah. and you have to be ready. And I think, I think that's one way. I think it's an interesting way to look at life is like, I'm constantly in the pressing. I'm constantly in the battle because if you kind of like take that lackadaisical attitude of like, Oh, life is good, and then a trial comes. No, you're in the trial right now, yeah. and the trial just got harder. Yeah, you, Jesus it, was saying, like, when trials and tribulations come, yeah. not if, it's a when. Like, exactly. If it hasn't happened to you yet, it's, it's, it's going to happen. <laughs> It'll happen. It's yeah. lurking. But, like, I think, I think having that perspective of I'm always in the trial. Mm. I'm always, like, my Nate says this all the time, and I love when he says it, but he's just like, I think we should be depressed. I don't think we're supposed to be happy on this earth. We're supposed to take joy in the Lord. Like, that always hits me home because, like, what is happiness on this earth? Happiness isn't really real. What we should have is joy in bringing, king, in, in bringing God's kingdom. I don't know, like, what you said about, like— The joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord is our yeah. strength. And, like, talking about the pressing and how sweet it becomes is, like, seeing those people that have been through some of the hardest things but able to rejoice and give it to God— like everybody knows that one hymn, um, "It Is Well in My Soul." Yeah. The dude who wrote that, his wife and his like three daughters yeah. died, in a, in and a, then he immediately they, yeah. yeah they and he immediately writes this hymn of "It Is Well Within My Soul" because I rejoice within the Lord. I think like yeah, it <laughs> it it makes me look at my problems. I'm like I am uh, <laughs> I'm a little I'm a little theater middle schooler. I'm a, I'm a little theater theater middle schooler and it just it just puts me in my place you know mm. yeah well it's, and it goes back to where you said it's not like you're not discounting it because i think i just had a conversation with somebody the other day like i think raw emotions and where you're at in present time like being present in the real and rawness because we're still human like right right like emotions are real it's not something you want to discredit but yet at the end of the day it's like there's a time to put them away the lord yeah the lord's calling us the greater and healing um from that and in the growth like that's like the growth process and even like speaking from personal experience there's been times in my life when i genuinely like you know to grieve and rest in like okay this moment's hard like i've mm -hmm. talked to you of like um for those of you who don't know like i was in a really serious relationship a couple years ago mm -hmm. and um and when i um and when there that breakup happened like I went through a very, very intense, like probably two to three months of where yeah. it was like, yeah, I know it's going to get better, but, but it like, but it hurts. And yeah. it's, and like, and we've talked about like, especially an emotional pain, like, re like not rushing past that, because if you rush past it again, you're ru If you rush out of the wine press, it's going to taste sour later. Ooh. Like, Ooh. yeah, there's a, <laughs> there's a connection looking yeah, for it. Yeah. Um, but like resting in that moment and letting, <laughs> I, Dude, this is even a broader scale. Like, I think sometimes the church just does not know how to grieve well. And mm. and I know that personally. That's something that I've had to learn how to do um, or rest with friends who are grieving. Like, I've yeah. not always been good at that. But, like, grieving well, I think, is, like, that is a skill. And I think that's something that if you can figure that out, that definitely helps. Um, and obviously, like, there was growth after, you know, after two, three months. Like, I right. was then able to grow and move forward but like yeah it's real yeah so i think what you said about grieving is really interesting because we focus on one character of god all the time yeah god is love god is a loving god 
God is, and like, I've been reading the Psalms and most of Psalms is like, God, this sucks. Yeah. <laughs> like my enemies are yeah. chasing me. My, I am, I'm surrounded. I am entrapped. I'm enclosed. Yeah. But Psalm ulti- 20, yeah. Psalm 22 is a Psalm of agony. I literally, I that literally Jesus read that quotes Sunday. on the cross. Oh, like, dude, dude, that is- I literally, I literally referenced that to a friend, Psalm 22 on Sunday. I was oh. reading that. Oh my gosh. Um, but it's so, it's so, it's so much more than, it's not that God isn't love, but for people to put that one emotion into God is so genuinely stupid to me because that's not, that's not. You're, you mean becoming, like put him in, like more put in a box sort of yeah, thing? Yeah. Because like, look, God loves you so much. He'll hurt you. Like, <laughs> like I told, I told somebody that the other day, um, but like it's like a father punishing us because we should have repercussions for our sin, and God. It's the I still love you anyway, where there's consequences. Yeah, but for... there's consequences. And and going back to what you said about grieving is that there is worship in grieving. Hmm. I think a lot of, especially within like mega churches, which is what I mostly attended through high school, it 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 has this mentality of like oh like yeah like life might be hard, you might be going through something, but praise God. Because God right now is just like all that matters. And I'm like, no. <laughs> like, I think I think looking at the Psalms is so beautiful to me because it points to our humanness. Yeah. But each Psalm almost always, it always, like, like why have you forsaken me? Yeah. God, I feel left alone. But then it turns into, but this is for your kingdom. And let me and praise is, you. Let me yeah. praise you. I think I don't know. And, I don't, David, I, and David, who wrote those psalms, was called a man after God's own heart. Like, yeah, horrible person. Yeah, like, hor- like <laughs> did some did some crazy things that you're like, Ugh. yeah. But yeah. was called because yeah, just in love with the Father and and asked those questions like, like God, where are you? Like, yeah, you know what's going on here? Like, it's so it's, bleh. dude, good stuff. <laughs> um, let me see here. So, yeah, I think it's time to do We Bid You Review. Mm-hmm. Um, we will be discussing Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Yeah. And we both have very different thoughts on yeah. this. So It was going to be Marvel movies in general. But, but we decided to focus on one. Yeah. So, give me, give me your thoughts. Give me your thoughts on Guardians of the Galaxy 2. My thoughts? Um, yeah. It is my least favorite movie. Movie? not movie okay marvel well, movie it marvel movie okay. for sure yeah i won't go to say movie no there's some there's some other bad ones out there <laughs> um but yeah it's my least favorite marvel movie and i understand it's, that's not the same for you no is it? yeah i i think it's like i wouldn't say it's in my like top five or anything but i think it's a it's a i think it's a well done movie but like what what specifically about it do you not like i just i don't the idea of the villain being this isn't really spoiler is it no it's been out for like five years okay great uh like the villain of ego the planet Mm -hmm. like himself being the planet but also the villain and like the crazy it it seemed too like i don't want to say not marvel i just it felt weird to me and like i'm a huge like we've had conversation like i'm a huge marvel fan like the Captain America movies are some of my most favorite movies ever. Like, the the Iron Man trilogy is one of the most. Well, let's not think about the second movie. Um, <laughs> but like, I was like, I don't know where you're going. Yeah, with this. like the original Iron Man and the third one, like so good. Um, like you know, obviously the Avengers trilogy, one of the best of all time. You know, but even just like how I love Marvel movies, a lot of the times because of what makes a good Marvel movie is the villain in the plot. Like, you know, in fitting with the overall arching theme like think about black panther but they always kill the villain that's the problem they always like what marvel what marvel villain has survived uh i don't think there's been one i feel like there is and they're just gonna come back to life like it hasn't happened yet but like technically they like killed thanos and immediately brought him back in my mind loki is never dead honestly like he just but he's not even a villain at this point People are Maybe. rooting for him. I don't know. Yeah. Are you always rooting for Loki? I'm I not. am. He's likable. Like yeah. It, like, okay. He's so weird. I kind of like his, like, 
you know, I'm not bad the, guy I'm... persona. <laughs> I like the, the fact mystery that of it. I relate to it because he's like he's he's not the muscle bound like handsome chiseled jawline. Actually, his jawline's really nice. But you know what I'm saying? Where like he's not like the yeah. he's not the standout brother. He's the guy in the back, and I don't know. I li- I appreciate that. I re- I relate to it. You know. Yes. <laughs> yes marvel villains have a tendency to be balding that is another thing i just thought of oh is that true well uh they didn't kill um uh vulture from spider-man spider-man yep. one they didn't kill him yep um he was a great villain he was he was michael, michael keaton, keaton does is, a great job uh, dude so good. zendaya zendaya Ooh. moving on I love Zendaya. <laughs> I love Zendaya. I grew I, I grew up like watching Shake It Up, that one Disney show. I'm Dude. like I'm like twelve years old. I'm like Zendaya's a baddie. Like. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so Guardians. Um, it's just not. I don't know. Just not my not my cup of tea as a movie. I don't know. Really? I just I will be honest. Some really really good jokes in that movie. Not yeah. I remember laughing hysterically. Yeah. Um. <laughs> some like all i hate that some of the good jokes in those movies like especially not just the second one but the first guardians movie the jokes that are like so good but it's like i'm not gonna repeat that like really i was like the one about the you remember the one about the spaceship where it's like no. if i took a black light to this thing oh yeah. my gosh yeah, yeah. okay oh, yeah, yeah dude some of the jokes where it's like like you yeah it's just too good you're it's... just like how did they come up with this yeah i think okay so my biggest problem with guardians 2 is probably how much Drax changed, you know? Because yeah. in Guardians One, he's like in the jail, and he see he like he's kind of like this quiet warrior who's also like <laughs> totally gonna tear your arm off, you know? Yeah. Kind of like Chewbacca, um, even though he has like some like he doesn't get social interactions. But then in Guardians Two, he becomes like a full out twelve year old. He's talking about like how his mother got impregnated, and then he asks like Quill's dad if he has like genitalia and i like i just didn't that that was probably the biggest thing that bothered me but also i didn't kind think of, about that that's another fault in that movie like, where it's just whack but the way i kind of think about it is like have you ever like met somebody and you're like oh hello like like i'm kind of like this where i'm just like oh hello my name is noah bergdorf nice to meet you like oh oh that's so interesting like okay well like i'm, I'm glad we had this talk but then like two weeks after we've really gotten to know each other i'm like hey what's up yeah like like you just become comfortable like that i don't know that's kind of how I view drags, but <laughs> <laughs> I just I felt like I was at a homie level, and then he was just weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you not like? Did you not like the story with Yondu, like his redemption? That was the one part that I did. I I kind of liked that. I cried, like I legitimately cried. Are you a big movie crier? No, really. No, what, I cry. Are any, I cry a are there decent a few amount. That you cried at. <sighs> um, what's that one Christian cop movie? um not fireproof that's no the... that's that's courageous courageous yeah Dude, i movie, cried laughing the um, snake king the snake scene king. in Lemon, the back of the Lemonada. cop car one of the funniest scenes i've oh ever oh. um and then the scene that is like immediately preceding that where they're like crying about their daughter dying Dude. like i went from crying <sighs> laughing to like crying crying and it was just so good. emotional it wasn't even the first time i saw it though it was like the third time i saw <laughs> it and it hit like different you know yeah um Dude, I don't really, I don't really cry. I I cry more to music, actually. Mm. Um, mm. but I I cried whenever they played um, "Father and Son" by Cat Stevens. Mm. Um, that whole soundtrack is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, but "Father and Son" by Cat Stevens. Cat Stevens is like the f- one of the first people, artists or whatever, that made me get into music. Along with oh, that's awesome. Jim Croce and yeah. Paul Simon. Ooh, Paul um, Simon's good. So good and. So like when that song come came on, I was like, like, like it it starts in this very like it's not time to make a change, and you're like, wow, this song is depressing, <laughs> and the singing kind of sucks, but it goes into this emotional place of a father and son's relationship, yeah. and it just like because I know the song so well, and they put it in this context, I lost it, <laughs> I lost it. Uh, yeah, that's one thing I think Marvel like in regards to plot in just like storyline of just marvel characters of how that like how they they make you feel for characters yeah like the the music that they will always add into like even just like oh dude like 
the, even the Avengers soundtrack itself just gets me like, ah, I just want to run through a brick wall. <laughs> like, let's go. Oh. Like, marathon time. Like, yeah. dude, it's just, it's so good. But, is, is Ego really, like, the biggest thing about that that bothered you? I mean, a villain with the name of Ego, like that just it was so on the nose it's just uh. okay no so i've been i've been a, like there's in, probably gonna be this one person who listened to this and be like john what is wrong like yeah. that's a great movie yeah i don't know and then i'll just point them if to you like, guys think guardians of the galaxy 2 is a great movie dm john and tell him he's wrong um, yeah uh i the so i've actually wanted ego to be in a marvel movie since Kurt avengers sent no, no no ego like the character ego oh okay since avengers one Really? Because I thought it was going to happen in Doctor Strange. Because I've grown up reading Dude, comic books. Doctor Strange is... Doctor Strange. I thought instead of Dormammu, it was going to be Ego. I thought that would be cool. You know what? I would have That would have been cool. I would like that. Um, so with a Doctor Strange feel of a movie, like, yeah. that would have been... I thought that would have been great. Yeah. Um. But, like, he's... Ego is originally from Fantastic Four. Really? Like, he's really a Fantastic Four villain. We're getting really nerdy right yeah, now. Yeah, We're yeah, We're getting big time. But, like, it. it's such a 60s idea. They're like, okay, so there's this planet, and it's alive. And they're like, oh, okay, <laughs> that works. And, like, the whole thing, like... It, Should it, we put this idea in Star Trek too? It yeah. It seems just, like, <laughs> add in the whole space context. Right, right. And it seems... It seems really... It, it, it fits the 60s and the 70s. Like, it could only get away. It could only be gotten away with then. Yeah. Um, And it was, like, a serious villain, like, pretty frequent... He was like a planet with a goatee, and because that's what you envision. Because that's think what, of yeah, it. yeah. I, yeah. I think like, how planet we... Earth with like a goatee coming out of South America <laughs> or something like. Um, but it, like since then, he's just become like kind of a joke villain. Where um, there was there, I read like a Nova comic book where he had to shave ego, like he had to trim, <laughs> he had to trim his beard. Just, like like that was a real thing. That was a real. Also, one of the things was uh, he had like um. <laughs> like crabs you know like in his in his uh goatee and they had to like he had to like he was it's a like whole some thing. pirates of the caribbean crap or yeah. something like oh uh, which is a great series i don't want to discount like i don't like pirates of the caribbean like the first two i after that it was kind of like ah, i watched like, the first and i was like oh that was fine but okay soundtrack's great dude legendary yeah so good so what would you what would you give guardians of the galaxy 2 out of 10 out of 10 i mean the humor does help it out a little bit I would hope. I would, I I rate Marvel movies pretty high, so I would still give it like, probably probably a five point six or a six. I would still like it's okay. It's an average movie. It's not one okay. I wanted to see again. Okay. But like, it's not it's not trash. I don't want it. Like, I love Marvel. I love Marvel. I love the movies. I love all of them. I would put maybe one or two down there with it, but like, yeah, it's it's one of those where like. It's not awful, but it's not great. Yeah, I would. I would probably give it. What do you? What's your top Marvel movie? Or top three, if you can't get it. I would say. I would say Winter Soldiers up yep, there. Yeah, number one for me. Um, definitely. Winter Soldier was so good. I've watched that movie thirty times. Thirty? I. That is no joke. My Jeez. favorite movie. Jeez. I remember when it came out. I saw it opening day, and I got like the souvenir mug. Oh, you know, dude. Um. Yes. <laughs> Um, came out then, like right after my 16th birthday that was i was yeah oh, dude. i would put i think spider-man homecoming is up there dude that's a good one um i would put the first i feel like i need a list of them in front of me but <laughs> just kind of like spitballing i think the first avengers my uncle took me to see in theaters when i was 12 oh wow and like it was with his wife they were like kind of newlywed yeah and it was brian you know brian. yeah yeah, um, yeah. I remember turning to him and being like, oh, like, this character's doing this, and, like, like this is a reference back then, and he's just like, uh-huh, whatever. <laughs> like, like I, I don't know. I just remember that, like, sharing that with my uncle so distinctly. What a cinematic experience as a 12-year-old. Yeah. Like, I just, like, like I, I literally, I have that ingrained in my mind whenever they do the, the circle shot. Yeah. Of, to, like, they're oh, playing the theme. Dude. Like, like they're, they're all having their stuff, and you're like, it's go time. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. what, are, what are your top three? Oh man! Well, Winter Soldier, Winter Soldier, uh, Winter Soldier, so good. Um, honestly, I like not at first, but the more I watch it, the more I like it. Just Black Panther as a whole of how that movie is done. It is, feels very removed. Like it's 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 not like 
it feels very removed from the Marvel universe, you know, yeah. which I kind of like, like how until it's not, like, afterwards and how they tie stuff from yeah, it, like, with the characters exactly, and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Because that was one of the things when I first saw it, I was like, okay, this is pretty good. Then like, then as the story has progressed in the universe as a whole, and then like you watch it again, and you're like, oh, this is really good. Like yeah. I just love, and plus Killmonger is like one of my favorite villains. Like, yeah, I just he's lo- so he's so, so well good. done because yeah. he's. Because like he he's got a point, yeah. you know he's got yeah. a point, and with um, with Black Panther is like like they very much embodied the culture of yeah. what it was of like, you know this is it was taking from like real African cultures, yeah, as well as like adding in like the Marvel mythical elements and stuff. Yeah, the thing I didn't like was like the Wakanda forever. Like afterwards, <laughs> oh my gosh, and like Chadwick Boseman re- released a statement like please stop making me do this and there was like there is there's like videos on youtube where it's like people going up to chadwick and being like wakanda forever and you can just see the light die in his eyes he's just like uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> yeah and then number three would probably be oh, man i want to try and not say like any of the Civil actual War. avenger movie no i was gonna say in game like just because of just Dude, what a cinematic moment that was. I remember I was in the theater watching that, mm. uh, like, opening night, or I think it was the day after, and just the theater just cheering. <sighs> like, just when that, all of them coming together, it was just uh-huh. like, uh-huh. yes! Yeah. Um, also, like, Doctor Strange was just so good. Like I haven't seen it a bunch of times, but I, th- I think it's, I think something that gets um, a little swept under the rug is, um, I think I think Ragnarok doesn't get enough love. Dude, like that movie. That was that, hilarious. That, okay, so I some saw some of the it, lines in that movie. I saw it uh, uh, a month after it came out, and I saw it, but I saw it in a filled theater. So I'm like, oh sweet, like this is gonna be a vibe. And you know me, like I've got this really obnoxious laugh, but I'm like, I like, I don't care. Yeah. Well, I'm in this movie, and they're throwing out these one-liners that I was the only person in the entire theater <laughs> laughing. Like the one, the one specific moment was whenever Korg. Who's, vo- who's voiced by Taika Waititi, yes. the director? Um, he he goes, he's like, oh, what are you in here for? And he's just like, oh yeah, I, I tried to hold a revelation, but uh, I didn't print enough pamphlets. We ran out of pamphlets, <laughs> and, and only my mom and her boyfriend showed up, and I hate him. Like just like that little way he said, I hate him, made me lose it. Like I just started dying. That's me and James' favorite line of that movie. Yeah, it's so it's good. so funny. It's so well, and like nobody was laughing and i had people like looking back at me i said i i don't care that's funny <laughs> that is funny screw you guys <laughs> yeah oh dude it's, dude some quotes from marvel movies yeah i <laughs> i love i'm like we're gonna talk about guardians of the galaxy 2 and we talked about every all the marvel, marvel movies. movies yeah hey i knew it was gonna happen <laughs> hey it works it works yeah but, um any, is there any closing thoughts or any like, yeah i was gonna one ask, last there, question maybe is, or is there is there do you have any uh Anything you want to plug? Any announcements? Any anything you want to bring up? Mm, anything? <laughs> anything? Question um, mark. How do I how do I put this as a teaser? Um, long story short, um, <laughs> I've had a dream of making music for a very long time, and uh, be on the lookout. Um, I've got some. I've got something, something cooking. I've got something coming soon that uh, really did not think I would ever be at this point this young but it's happening and i've got a lot of friends helping me on a project and yeah it's gonna be pretty cool follow me on instagram is where it'll probably be the update um there's a plug shameless in my plug yeah <laughs> sorry i i did it it happened had to do it to him um what's your what's your at what's your tip? my at yeah. um my my at is my email i've had since freshman year oh at rocket reds fan there it is <laughs> classic homeschooler do you know how many times i've gone to search your name i'm like john john st john where is it? i'm like rocket Reds. <laughs> freaking rocket hey my Reds facebook fan. is not my old like good <laughs> I, I made it john st john now so which that is my name for those of you that still doubt it i can show you my driver's license at some point don't it's, do it's that true. that's actually steal your information that that's true if you i did won't your do birth that. certificate you'll just have to trust a, me yeah just trust him <laughs> yeah yeah i i i'm a trustworthy person i think most likely noah what do you have to say to that <laughs> <laughs> yeah no uh i've actually i've actually told you're a trustworthy you. person i'm a trustworthy thank you yeah are you looking for a compliment back no that's what it sounds like stop you can't do this to me <laughs> i meant that genuinely 
Exactly. <laughs> no, yeah, I actually I've I've told a number of people this, but um um as I've as I've like decided to change my major, I feel like that's where God's calling me. Um I haven't been a part of many churches with many good leaders. Mm-hmm. And um that was like a huge turnoff for me. I'm like I'm I don't necessarily feel qualified because I don't see good people within ministry, but every time I think about like what you what you're doing at North Star, how you're just like being honest about who you are, what you've been up to, um, what's going on in your life, oh, like all the time, like that 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 personally gave me hope. I'm like, hey, maybe yeah. I won't mess somebody up if I do this. <laughs> so uh, thanks, yeah, man. John John is a trustworthy person sometimes, 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 but ninety one percent of the time. Sure. <laughs> yeah, you can't you can't trust me with food because i'll eat it i won't save it for you i'm gonna cut that out okay <laughs> dang it why <laughs> just all yeah you'll keep this in it'll just be really awkward yeah maybe <laughs> yeah, maybe great. now yeah. that you said that oh man well dude, crazy. <laughs> john uh, thank you so much for being on the podcast dude, thanks for having me this has been i can cross this off my bucket list now i legitimately <laughs> this is the first podcast i've ever been on it's been a blessing